Hi, welcome to New City Online. I'm Ron Dasher. And I'm Tammy Metters. And we're so excited to worship with you today. Tammy, something looks a little different about you. Oh, you mean this? I call this my summertime necklace. It's a fan. And it also lights up. How do you like it? It looks exciting. It is. And the only thing more exciting than my summertime accessory is today's service. Today's service is one that you're going to want to share with your friends. You can do that through Facebook. You can even host a watch party through Facebook. Or you can grab the link from our website or our YouTube channel and send that to a friend or family member. So take a minute and do that right now. Invite them to come to church with you today. And our friend Romel Dash is here to lead us in worship. He leads a gospel choir out of Columbia, South Carolina, and he has become such a great friend to New City. We're so glad that he's here. So grab a fan, stand up, and let's sing. Good morning, New City. I'm your brother Romel, and I'm excited to worship with you on today. For this is the day that the Lord has made and I'm making a choice to rejoice and be glad in it. Come on, put your hands together and can you shout hallelujah? Our God is great. He's a great God on today. Oh, 
being a victorious God. Thank you for winning the battle for us. You died on the cross just for us. And we give you glory, and we give you honor, and we give you praise. And because you are victorious, we are victorious. We give you glory, God. We lift your name on high. We lift your name on high. We lift your name on high. We lift lift our banner high. We lift the name of Jesus.
the Lord called your name, he didn't have to do it, but I'm glad that he did. He's in control. He reigns forever. Our God is greater than anything that we could ever go through, anything that we're facing, even through this pandemic. Our God is still greater. He is still worthy of the praise. He is still worthy of all the honor. He is still worthy of all the glory. And that's why we lift our hands and we give him glory. That's why we lift our hearts and we give him praise. Because even in the midst of it all, he's still worthy. I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praises shall continually be in my mouth. Our God is greater on today. Water you turn into wine As you open the eyes of the blind There's no one like you There's none like you Into the darkness you shine And out of the ashes we rise There's no one like you there's none like you. And we declare it. How God is greater. How God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer. Awesome in power. Our God. Our God. And our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher. and power our God our God and we give you glory God we give you honor God we give you praise God yeah. into the darkness you shine and out of the ashes we rise there's no one like you there's none like
agree with you right now let's pray together dear God we thank you for this day we thank you for how you woke us up this morning we thank you for how you started us on our way we thank you for the food that we have on our table we thank you for the clothes that we have on our back God we thank you for just what you represent to us even through what we've been going through all throughout 2020 you still been faithful God got some things we may not even understand why we're going through it and why this is happening God but we know that you understand the way that we take. And after a while, we shall come forth as pure gold. So right now, God, we put our trust in you. We put our faith in you. We put our hope in you, God, knowing that you know what's best for us. And God, we thank you for strengthening our hearts, strengthening our minds, strengthening our bodies, God. And God, even right now, God, those who may be dealing with sickness, God, you said in your word that by your stripes that we are already healed. So we thank you for healing everybody right now. We believe you, God. We believe you died on the cross just for our sins, God. And God, even if there's someone that needs to be saved right now, God, we thank you for saving even right now. We speak victory for the rest of this year for our lives. We declare victory. We walk in victory. Life and death is in the power of our tongue. And so we declare life right now, God. And we count the victory done in Jesus Christ's name. We pray, amen. Our God is healer, awesome in power. I love that line, and that's such a great reminder for us today. And it's so great to be able to worship online in this way. If you're new here, we want to say a special welcome to you. We'd love a chance to connect. And the best way we found to do that is through our website, newcity.us connect. Fill that form out, and one of us will be in touch this week. We'd love a chance to say hi. And speaking of connection, I heard a story from one of our next-gen servant leaders, and I just have to share it with you. Mr. Fred teaches one of our rising fifth-grade boys' classes, and he shared with us how he loves to get mail that's not a bill. And he figured that his boys would too. So he's been sending mail to his class a few times a month, just reinforcing the lessons that they've been learning. And he even sends them open book quizzes that they answer and they send their answers back to Mr. Fred for a prize. Thank you so much, Mr. Fred, for the way that you continue investing in our next gen kids. You know, I love that. And I love that our next gen leaders are finding new and creative ways to partner with parents in this season. It's such a great reminder that having another person of influence in a student's life makes such a big difference. And we'd love to hear those stories from you. So if you have an only God story, send us an email, pastor at newcity.us. Share ways that God's working in your life or how someone has impacted your spiritual journey. 
And you have truly shown up for us as a church, New City family. Every week, you continue to give, and many of you sacrificially. It reminds me of a quote that I heard recently that says, we are never more like God than when we give. Thank you for the way that you continue giving to each other in our body, with our next-gen kids, in your neighborhoods, in our city, in our world. We thank you so much. And now as we give of our financial resources uh, to fulfill the mission here at New City, will you join me in praying for our offering? Father God, we are grateful that we are New City, that we are your body. And Lord, no matter where we are right now today, we are joining our voices in singing and in hearing your word being taught, Father. We are still New City wherever we are. And Lord, as we join together to fulfill our mission and as we give of our financial resources, we ask that you will bless them and use them to fulfill your purposes on earth. And thank you, Father, for letting New City be a part of what you're doing. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we're so excited to hear from Rodney Gray today. Rodney is our South Park pastor and one of our teaching pastors here on staff. And he's starting a brand new series entitled Blind Spots, Seeking Justice from the Inside Out. So here's Rodney with part one. Thanks so much for joining us today for New City Online. We are very excited about what today represents. Pastor Roddy and myself, a lot of other teammates here at New City have spent the last several weeks and, and really it's been months and years in the making this series, what we want to share today. We're starting a series entitled Blind Spots, Seeking Justice from the Inside Out, particularly in the area of racial reconciliation and really what we've been living in for the last several weeks, months, years and having conversation together about what that means together as Christ followers to pursue the heart of God, particularly as it comes to racial reconciliation and relationship with one another. And so again, we're very excited to kick off the series and we hope that this series will be kind of a bit of a, a launching pad and Rodney will talk a little bit about that of further resources to go uh, with, with your family, individually, with your group, um, not only in this city, but we hope uh, throughout the country and even, and even the world from wherever you may be watching today. So today represents a really big moment for us as a church to, to have this honest conversation with one another. And again, as I mentioned, Pastor Rodney is going to, to guide us through this. There's been several teammates here at New City that have poured into this series, but we're really excited to have Rodney lead us and guide us through the conversations. I'm going to be sharing a little bit throughout the series, Pastor RJ, uh, other leaders in our church, but today we're excited to, to kick it off. And so I want to pray for Rodney. I want to ask you as a New City family, and for those of you who are joining us, not only in this city, but from around the country and world, to join us in prayer that God would use this conversation, because that's what it is. We want to create a safe space to have sort of a, a dangerous conversation, if you will, and, and to bring ourselves fully before God, even the things that we may be blind about, to, to submit ourselves fully uh, to the Lordship of Jesus, to the authority of the Scriptures, and to come before Jesus and one another and say, God, God, we want to we examine ourselves, and we want to put ourselves before you, and, and, and we want to take steps towards Jesus, but also steps towards one another. And so that, that's our simple prayer for this series, is that God would use his truth to transform our hearts and to help us to take steps closer to Jesus and also to one another as we pursue justice from the inside out. And so would you join me today, New City family, as I pray for Pastor Rodney as he preaches and leads us through this uh, series, not only today, but in the next several weeks. 
but also just for the whole series that God would take it, what we've prepared now, and that in his hands that he would do what only he can do, what only God can do, which is to, to take uh, five loaves and two fish and to multiply them to feed a multitude. And that's what we pray would happen today, that God would take this truth uh, that he's put in Rodney's heart and our hearts as a church, and he would multiply it and use it for our good and for his glory, not only in our church, but throughout the city and the world. So would you join me today in New City as we begin this series, Blind, Blind Spots, with a word of prayer. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you today, and we rejoice that this is the day. Today, this is the day that you have made. And so we do, we want to rejoice and, and we want to be glad in it. Even in the midst of difficulty, of uncertainty, of confusion, of a lot of pain and, and suffering throughout our world, we, we say this is the day that you've made. So we as your people, we rejoice and we're glad in it. We, we want to bring our whole hearts to the table today, God. We want to submit ourselves fully to you. Every single part of us, even the blind spots in our hearts, we want to submit to you and to your truth. We want, to, we want to grow closer to you and closer to one another. And we pray that this series, Blind Spots, Seeking Justice from the Inside Out, would do just that. That you would use Rodney's words, other leaders here who are going to be sharing, that you would use our words and the resources that have been prepared, and that you would, you would um, use that truth to, to draw each of us closer to you, Jesus, and ultimately towards one another. You have given us reconciliation through Christ. Paul reminds us of that in 2 Corinthians 5.18, that we are reconciled to you, God, through Christ. And now you've given us a ministry of reconciliation to one another. That is that you've given us a ministry of reconciliation, of calling people to you, Jesus, and then calling us to one another. And so would you do just that throughout this series? I pray for my friend, my brother, my co-laborer in the gospel today, Pastor Rodney. And I pray that you would use his words, that you would use his heart, that you would use his story. And everything that you have prepared him for today, I pray that you would use for your glory and for your good. I bless him today. I thank you for him and his leadership and his pastoring here at New City and in our family. And I pray today that, that throughout this series that his heart would shine through, that, 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 that others would see uh, your life through his life. And that you would use his word and, and, and his life to guide us closer to you, Jesus. So we submit this series to you. We pray that it would be used for, for our good, for, for, for all who hear it, for our good and for your glory. And we pray that in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Such, a, such, an, such an honor. Thank you so much for that, Chris. And thank you to all of you who joined in. Uh, in heart and mind and in spirit in that prayer. And, and I'm so grateful. I, I want to begin by saying thank you to our leadership for trusting me to lead us in a sensitive yet very necessary topic. And I also want to say thank you to, to all of you who have reached out to me and shared your thoughts and your prayers and even your encouragement for, for Jacqueline and I with everything that is going on in our world. And we are so, so grateful for that. As many of you know, our church has already begun to speak to the recent events around our country in some very direct and significant ways so far. And we wanted to follow that up with a more comprehensive and long-term plan that would impact our church and even our city far beyond a Sunday morning experience. And so essentially, we want this series to be a launching pad rather than a landing spot. And as a result, as you heard uh, some of our team members have put together a wonderful website that we called Adjust City, 
with other resources so that you and I together can continue to learn and grow and understand together. So with that said, I am excited to be leading us in the direction that we believe that God is leading us in as we speak to the racial injustice that is an unfortunate reality in our country today. And so as you just heard, our series is entitled Blind Spots, Seeking Justice from the Inside Out. And so over the next several weeks, we'll deal with personal character, we'll have open conversations with each other, and and then we'll together make a commitment as a church to the ongoing work of understanding and healing, and and ultimately the change that many of us have been praying for. So again, I'm believing God to do some big things in us and among us over the next few weeks. And my hope is that together we would be prayerful as we listen and as we share and as we engage so that we can also be sensitive together and obedient together to whatever it is that God wants to do in our hearts over the next several weeks and months and prayerfully years to come. Amen. So if you have a copy of the scriptures near you, I would invite you to turn with me to Psalm 139. We're going to look at verses 23 and 24. If you uh, have the New City app, it should be preloaded there for you as well. Um, I love this this scripture because I believe it's really going to help us to begin to deal with blind spots from the inside out. So again, Psalm 139 verses 23 and 24. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation of God's Word. And the word of the Lord reads, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Now, now I, I, I love this, this scripture here. As many of you know, uh, this was David writing here. But, but what's interesting to me about this is that this is not just an invitation from David. This, this was David granting God access to the secret places in his life, the secret places in his life. In fact, the word search here in the Hebrew means to investigate. It means to investigate. David wanted God to search his head, his heart, and everything in between. Everything in between. He he went on to say, point out anything in me that offends you. Not, Not my brother, not my sister, but anything in me that offends you. See, because David understood that that in order for his horizontal relationships to be a reflection of his vertical relationship with God, he had to give God all of who he was, all of who he was. David was giving God permission not just to search him, but then God, after you search me, point out anything in me that offends you. See, because the searching wasn't for God, right? The searching wasn't for God. The searching is for us. And then he said, God, God, lead me. Lead me beyond where I currently am. And family, I believe that this has to be the posture of our hearts as we journey with God together for truth, for understanding, and for healing. But here's the good news. Since we know that God is a faithful God, we know that when we earnestly ask God to seek us, we can count on him to show up and show us things that are offensive to him. But here's something that I saw that I think is important for us to remember. Dr. Darius Daniels said, God doesn't show us things to condemn us. He shows us to correct us. He doesn't show us to condemn us. He shows us to correct us because he is a loving God. But this is why the posture of our hearts is so important. Because when God shows up and shows us something, 
we have to be willing to turn it over to him so that he can deal with it his way. His way. And if, you, if you've been living long enough, you know that God's way can often be very different from what you and I think or believe should happen. But we have to be willing to turn it over and allow him to deal with it his way. Now, I want you to hold your place at, at Psalm 139. We're going to circle back to that in just a few moments. But a few weeks ago, Pastor Chris taught on our value, people are our passion. People are our passion. And as he did, he challenged us to consider the statement, Black Lives Matter, as a question. As a question that essentially asks, does my life matter? Does my life matter? And and in fact, I'll, I'll take a moment personally to ask the question, does my life matter? No, like, does my life matter aside from, aside from my responsibilities here at New City Church and any skills or giftings that I may have that, that you appreciate, aside from that, as a person, as a human being, does my life matter? Because here's the truth. I'm, I'm somebody's son. I'm, I'm somebody's uncle. I'm somebody's husband. Does my life matter? matter. I want to take a few moments to speak to, to, to why this statement or this sentiment is so important. But, but before I do, I think it needs to be reiterated that our alignment as a church, our alignment as a church is behind the statement, Black Lives Matter. The statement, the sentiment, the heart, Black Lives Matter. In other words, this, is, this has nothing to do with a political agenda, but it has everything to do with a kingdom agenda. Everything to do with a kingdom Agenda. I also want to mention that, that Black Lives Matter is about equality, not superiority. It's about equality, not superiority. It is not contradictory to the statement, all lives matter. In fact, I heard someone say it this way. They said, if, if black lives are included in all lives matter, then all lives can't matter until black lives matter. Now, regarding the importance of the statement, the sentiment, Black Lives Matter, I want you to bear this in mind, that for hundreds of years, the black race has been oppressed. From slavery to segregation, blacks have had to fight and continue to fight for an equal seat at the table. And and, and along the process, have endured many hardships. Can you imagine how incredibly difficult it is to be segregated from the rest of society, to have separate seating sections and to have to use separate water fountains and, and to not be able to vote. Now, maybe you say, Pastor Rodney, we're, we're past that. So then you, you, so then you fast forward to most recently, as many of you know, we've lost people like George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmaud Arbery, to name a few, to acts of injustice. I read an article recently that the USA Today posted where it estimated that the number of unarmed black men, just black men, not not women, not anybody else, the number of unarmed black men that were killed by police in 2019 was 25. 25. The article also noted that there were many cases that were unreported, meaning that for every George Floyd There are many other victims of racism and injustice that you never hear about. How do I know that? Because I'm one of them. So the statement, Black Lives Matter, the sentiment, Black Lives Matter, is important because the suffering has been long. 
And believe me when I tell you the frustration runs deep. But more importantly, the statement is important because God calls you and I to love one another. He calls us to love one another. So yes, there has been movement. Yes, there has been progress. And I am so grateful for that. But clearly, we still have a long way to go. Now, I, I do want to mention here that, that our highlighting of racial injustice is in no way meant to disparage any of the other issues that any other segment of our population has experienced or may currently be, be experiencing. I also want to be clear that, that this is in no way intended to be a slight against law enforcement. In fact, I personally, uh, having worked side by side with law enforcement as a military person and even as a fireman have deep admiration and respect for the sacrifice and bravery of those men and women. I do believe, however, that the current climate of our culture demands a response from the body of Christ. All that being said, I believe that no matter the people group, no matter the problems we face, that the real issue lies in the heart. The real answer, the power of Christ. And the ultimate goal should be the advancement of God's kingdom. Many of you have asked, what can I do? How can I help? And I'm encouraged by that question, I really am. And I like to suggest that our response be twofold. For some of us, our responses have been public in the form of nonviolent protest and signing of petitions. And all of that is great and it's, it's wonderful and, and it's important. In fact, I've even done some of those things myself. In fact, we see that all over social media. I certainly believe that, that we as a, as, a, as a people have to be willing to combat racism on multiple levels because, because the truth is it runs deep. So we have to be willing to fight it on a systemic level, on an interpersonal level, and even on an institutional level. But in today's message, in today's message, I want to take the fight from the public arena into the private arena and deal with racism on an individual level. I'd like to focus on our private response the inner work of self-examination and humility and repentance that God calls all of us to. I'd like to suggest that we heed the advice that I heard a pastor say recently when he said, before you can take a stand, you must first have a seat. Before you can take a stand, you must first have a seat. I remember some time ago, I was, I was driving on the freeway and I wanted to get into the lane right next to where I was. And so I did what I knew to do. I put my left signal on. I looked in my side rearview mirror, glanced over my shoulder, and then proceeded to get into the lane. Upon moving into the lane, I hear a horn blow. I look up in my rearview mirror. I see a guy right on my tail, right on my tail. Looks like he's calling me everything but a child of God. So then he proceeds to move from behind me, get in the lane beside me, and speed off, all while giving me the middle finger Salute. It dawns on me that, that clearly I cut this guy off. I didn't want to. I didn't mean to. But he was in my blind spot. I couldn't see him. 
But, but here's the thing. We, we all have blind spots, don't we? We all have blind spots. Some of us emotional blind spots, some spiritual, character blind spots. But what we fail to consider is who or what is being hurt or neglected in our blind spot. Who or what is being neglected in our blind spots. Many of you may be familiar with uh, Jahari's window. It is a technique that helps people to better understand their relationship with themselves and with others. It describes four quadrants or window panes where two focus on what's known and the other two focus on what's unknown. Kay Warren of Saddleback Church defines blind spots this way. She says, blind spots are places we lack clarity and awareness of ourselves and our patterns of reacting and relating in life. And I love that because it's so true. Blind spots are hugely about uh, areas where we lack awareness. And, and, and what we all know is that, that people can be hurt by what we don't know. People can be hurt by, by what we don't know. But please understand here that blind spots are not just about the known and the unknown. It's also about what we fail to address. You know, those, those, those places on the inside of you that may be uncomfortable and embarrassing and those things that, that, that we hide from, from other people. Listen to, to how Bishop T.D. Jakes defines blind spots. He defines blind spots as any area where we won't allow our faith to touch. Any area where we won't allow our faith to touch or any place where we won't allow ourselves to be changed. So we all have blind spots. But I want to let you know that just because we have blind spots doesn't mean we're bad people. Just because we have blind spots doesn't mean we're bad people. Sure, there are people around us who could care less about unity or racial injustice, and we should continue to pray for them. But for the rest of us, I need you to know that just because you have a blind spot or two, or three, doesn't mean that you are a bad person. As some of you know, Jacqueline and I have been uh, looking for a home recently. And several weeks ago, we were driving through an area of town. Now, this particular area of town was, was very rural, so it was, it was wide open. And so we were, we were in the car, and we had arrived at a stoplight. And just beyond the stoplight on the right side was a group of bikers. And it had to be 50 or more bikers on the side of the road here. And, and they, you know, were, looked like typical bikers, right? Tatted up and had the gear on. And, and it looked like all of them were Caucasian. All of, them, all of them were white. And so we get to the stoplight, the light changes, we proceed through the stoplight, and we drive past where the bikers are. Now, it's quiet in the car at this point. It's quiet. And so sometime after we get past them, we begin to verbalize what we were processing in silence. And, and, and in this conversation, I, I told Jacqueline very candidly that when we were at the light, I contemplated making a left turn so we didn't have to go by them. She admitted to being somewhat fearful and making sure that her door was locked. And so as we begin to talk this thing out, we begin to ask questions like, God, what is this? 
what is this? Where is this? Where is this coming from? And so if, if any of you know anything about our backgrounds, Jacqueline and I both uh, have, are very comfortable in settings where we're the minority. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's been in the fabric of, uh, of our life and experiences. We're very comfortable there. But we began to ask God, what is this about? Why, why, do, we, why do we feel this way? Remember in the beginning when we, we, we talked about Psalm 139 and David said, search me and point out anything in me that offends you. As we began to process this, we realized that this is what God is doing. But we also realized that we have a responsibility when God shows us something to explore what it is that God is trying to show us, what it is that God is trying to, to tell us. And it reminded me of, of when I deal with clients. I, I, I said it this way. I say, if somebody were to say something to me like, yeah, I got, a, I got a vibe about this, or I got a vibe about that person, I would typically say to them, well, you need to chase that. You need to chase that because if you chase it, you may find that it has absolutely nothing to do with them. It has nothing to do with them. Here's something else we thought about as we processed this. If they were all black, would we have felt the same way? And so we began to process and pray about this thing, and, 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 and we were led to an article that talked about things that create blind spots. Things that create blind spots. And this was, this was so interesting to me because it became clear that this was part of how we live out Psalm 139. This was part of how we live this thing out. Now, I want to share today three of the things that we discovered and, and were shown through this article. This is not by any means an exhaustive list, but it became clear that this is part of how we, we, we live out Psalm 139. The first thing that I saw was disconnection. Disconnection creates blind spots. In other words, when you and I are not connected to something or someone, it becomes difficult to relate to them, doesn't it? Maybe, maybe some of you uh, out here don't have uh, African-American friends. You know, maybe, maybe some of us who are African-American don't have any friends that don't look like us. I came across a, a story of, of a young lady, an African-American woman, who is now in her 30s. At 13 months, she was adopted by a white family. And she realizes now as an adult that she finds it very difficult to relate to African-American people. She, she talked about how when she would go visit her biological family, how she would be afraid at times. She, she's, not, she's not used to uh, being around African-American people. She even, even said that the college she chose, she chose it because it was predominantly white, because she felt comfortable there. Disconnection creates blind spots in us. But the key to overcoming this blind spot is intimacy. Intimacy. And this is a great opportunity for you and I to ask the Holy Spirit, for ways to get connected to people that have different backgrounds and different experiences than we do. And I'm grateful for the, the many of you that have reached out to me and just wanted to hear my heart, hear my experiences, and hear my perspective on different things. But intimacy is the key to bridging the gap in any areas of life where you and I may be disconnected. The second thing I found was denial. Denial causes blind spots. 
And I've heard this one a lot. I hear stuff like, it's 2020. It's, slavery was a long time ago. You, you still here? Still? Still bothered by that? And people even say that we, we, we've even had a, we've had a black president. I don't get it. Or they say all of that is, is media driven. It's, that's, that's the media. All of it is media driven. Some have even said that, that blacks are, are, are trying to do this and all of this is going on because we're trying to get reparations. See, denial is how a person can be aware of everything that's going on in the world, everything that's going on in our country, and not see a problem with it. And not see a problem with it. I remember years ago, uh, I did a, a character assessment letter. I had, I had several people, rather, that I knew that were, that were close to me. I asked them to do character assessment letters on me. Now, I went to, I went to five people who I knew knew me well, and who would also tell me the truth about who I was. Because I wanted to get a perspective of how other people saw me, because it's easy to, to deny things within yourself. You ever had a conversation with somebody, you make, make a statement like, oh, I, I'm a good listener, and they say, no, you're not. Or maybe you, maybe you think you're patient, and the people around you keep trying to tell you that, no, bro, you're not, you're not as patient as you think you are. And so sometimes it's, 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 it's easy for us to be in denial about things that are very present, things that are very, uh, very active and things that are going on all around us. And the key to overcoming this blind spot is humility, open-mindedness, humility or open-mindedness. In other words, this is a great opportunity for you and I to get before God's presence and say, God, maybe, maybe there is something here that I'm, that I'm missing. Maybe there's something going on here that, 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 I'm, that I'm not aware of, something, something that's going on here. But it, but it takes us uh, will, to be willing to be humble before God and open-minded to whatever it is that God shows us. And so disconnection was the first thing I saw. Denial was the second thing I saw. And the last thing I'll share with you today is, is justification. Justification creates blind spots in us. In other words, maybe you were hurt or wronged by someone uh, earlier in life. And what happens is, for many of us, we feel that we have every right to remain angry, to remain resentful, or bitter towards someone or a people group. And, and guess what, family? This was, this was where God showed me that I was. Remember the biker story? This, this, God showed me that, that, that this is where I was. When I asked God, God, what is this about? Where, where did this come from? He showed me that there was a blind spot in me that was created by justification. He reminded me of, of two of the experiences that I've had in life. One was when I was 12 years old and, and, and I was called a racial slur at gunpoint. The other was, was many years later as a fireman where four of us had arrived to, to help this man who was very badly hurt. Two, two were white, two of us were black. And the guy simply said, you two, you two black guys can't, I, I don't want you to help me. You, you can't help me. And what God showed me is, is, is that I might have moved past that, but I never grew beyond it. I moved past the situation, but, but, but I never grew beyond it. And so this, this situation exposed a blind spot and made me aware that there were experiences from my past that, that were unresolved. Because it's, it's easier for us, for us to move past something and think that, that, that we're good. Everything is good. 
But God showed me that, that that wasn't the case. I had a conversation with my brother years ago, and he said something that stuck with me. He said, you can't be done with it if you haven't dealt with it. You can't be done with it if you haven't dealt with it. And so this is where I found myself. This is where, where God showed me that I was. And so the key to overcoming this blind spot is forgiveness. Forgiveness. God showed me that I, I, had, to, I had to forgive those people of the hurt from many years ago. I had to, I had to, whether I see them again, interact with them again was not the point. I had to forgive them. And guess what else I had to do? I had to, I had to release it. And part of that process meant that I had to be honest with what was going on in here. And family, I'm learning that oftentimes in order for God to remove something, we have to be willing to release it. In order for God to remove it, we have to be willing to release it. See, I needed to forgive those who hurt me just as much as I need God's forgiveness for my sins. I needed it. Because here's the thing, both helped to give me access to the king. And so maybe one of these resonated with you. Maybe, maybe you're disconnected. Maybe God, God, God showed you that. Maybe, maybe you're in denial. Or maybe you, you, you struggle with justification. In any event, this is a great opportunity for us to, to, to develop relationships with more intimacy. This is a great opportunity for us to humble ourselves before God and be open-minded. And this is certainly an opportunity for us to forgive those who hurt us. But as I begin to close, I want you to know that, that, that this process of, of, of becoming unified as a people is incomplete without repentance. This process is, is incomplete without repentance. Repentance is a change of mind that leads to a change of heart that results in a change of actions. See, see repentance is, is twofold. Repentance is both turning from sin and turning to God. So we can't, we can't continue along the path of righteousness without this important and key thing. We must be willing to exchange our sins for the saving grace of a loving God. We must be willing to do that. But here's the thing, family, no matter what, no matter what race we are, no matter what race we are, as the body of Christ, it is our responsibility to lead the way for the racial justice and equality that we desire to see in the world. And I believe that in doing so, God's desire is that we start here with our own hearts. I believe that God desires that we, that we look within before reaching out. A, a popular song years ago Put it this way, it said, I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm asking him or her to change his ways. It goes on to say that if you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and then make a change. Now we know that the lasting change that's needed can only happen through the power, the grace, and the love of God. Pastor Gabe suggested last week that we pay attention to what's going on in the sacred space of our heart. And for some of us, maybe we need to know that. Maybe we need to know that our heart is a sacred space. 
and that God wants to inhabit that place. So since we all have blind spots, my prayer is that we would commit to seeking justice together from the inside out. To God be the glory. Let's pray together. God in heaven, thank you for such a time as this. Thank you, God, for loving us the way you do. For never leaving us to ourselves, God, but for loving us continually through the various things that we struggle with, through the things that we go through in life. And God, we ask together now that you would search us. We ask that you would know our hearts. That you would test us and know our anxious thoughts, God. And we ask that you would point out anything in us that is offensive to you. And then, God, lead us along the path of everlasting life. God, please create in us a clean heart. Renew a right spirit in us. I pray, God, that as you do, you would lead us to to the place of genuine repentance and that you would help to bring about the unity and peace that only you can. God, knit our hearts together by your spirit and with your grace. And we'll be so mindful to give your name the glory and the honor. For truly, God, it belongs to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us, New City. I know I feel like I personally have so much work to do as I seek justice from the inside out. And I'm so grateful for a website that we've created at justcity.us. You can see that at the bottom of your screen. There are so many resources there. We were able to take a peek at the website. It's so helpful as we look to God to guide us in helping identify our blind spots. And just a reminder that if you are new here, we'd love to connect with you go to our website, newcity.us slash connect. Fill that form out and one of us will be in touch with you this week to share a little bit more of the New City story with you. It's been great to be together. We love you, New City. Have a wonderful week.